Pastor Josh. Uh, I think so. <laughs> uh, welcome back to our pastor's Bible study uh, here on this beautiful afternoon, nice and bright. Always good to see the color coming in behind us. Uh, maybe we squint a little bit. That's fine. Um, <laughs> don't have to tell you how light works. <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, last time we finished up a, a three-week study, a three-week walkthrough of uh, the first article of the creed. Who would have thought just a, you know, a sentence about God, mm-hmm. uh, the Father, really, there's so much there. And we kind of joked last time, but if there's that much to talk about with based off of one sentence, how much more is there going to be to talk about with Jesus? I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although, can you ever really talk about Jesus too much? No. That's the... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna just walk through and uh, gonna get a we're gonna start kind of with a, a refresher on uh, some peasantry language or not peasantry language, but some uh, uh, nobility language, right? The word Lord. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, because here we're looking. By the way, uh, in our in the newer catechism, the black with the maroon. Um, we are on uh, page 164 and 165, and uh, specifically looking at um, questions 148, 149. Question 148 is, what does it mean to confess that Jesus is Lord, and then why do I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord? Um, and I think that, mm. I think when pressed, people could probably give a good answer for what does it mean, what is a Lord, but... We just don't talk like that. That's not a part of our normal language. But yeah, we talk about Jesus as Lord. Oh, it's not... I mean, Melissa calls me Lord at home. Is that that not normal? (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't really. You also dress up and... There's a lot of bowing and curtsying in our our house, yeah. (laughs) Training the kids. Yeah, 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 they are, yeah. Yeah, Lord... um, it is interesting just to think because I think it it has become for for Christians just a very religious churchy word, you know, Lord. Yeah, you don't use it outside of you know maybe yeah in history class when you're talking about the Middle Ages or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like yeah, if if you think oh yeah, like what what does that word really mean, and then how is it? How is it similarly used when it comes to Jesus, but then how is it even greater and bigger when it comes to Jesus? Um, yeah. Well, and then, and then even, you know, it's interesting that that's the way that they translate the words from the Bible mm-hmm. you know, into English as Lord. So, I don't know, there's a lot of different directions we can go. Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, I guess, what would you... What would you say, well, how would you define the word Lord in this context? Because I think... With, when it comes to Jesus? Yeah, because I think yeah. it can be different nobility, when you're talking about mm-hmm. nobility. Although there is there are some pretty uh, important connections, but yeah. what would you, how would you define it when we say Jesus is Lord? Yeah. Well, I I always think, well, the first, the first Bible passage that comes to mind is Matthew 28, verse 18. So it's right before the Great Commission, Jesus says, uh, I think it's 18, maybe it's verse 16, uh, uh, but he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
and then he then he basically is like therefore go so then you know he gives the the mission uh, to us. So I'm like, man, if he's got all authority in heaven and on earth, you know, it's like the Father has raised him from the dead and said that you know this is the guy. You know, listen to him. <laughs> this is my son. Yeah, uh, listen to him. So. So I, I think about it in its in its totality. It's it's not because um, I think sometimes I feel like we we don't we don't know that we're doing this, but I think we fall into this trap where it's like, well, yeah, well, Jesus is the Lord. You know, He's my Lord. You know, He uh, He's my Lord and Savior. We put those yeah. two together all the time. He saved me from my sins. If I believe in Him, I'll go to heaven. So He's kind of like the Lord of my spiritual life. But then you think about well. If, he, if you're saying that he is the Lord, if he has authority in heaven and on earth, that means that he is the Lord of every aspect of everything. It's ironic that you say that because I don't know if you can hear this on camera, but down in the sanctuary, there's some kind of music class and Miss Ragland is playing. Unless I'm hearing it wrong, he's got the whole world in his hands. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just right. that's perfect. Right. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you, Miss Ragland, if yeah. you are watching this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's perfect because, I mean, that... Everything He's is under got the whole control. world, which means he has all of us in his hands too. But I, I remember very, very clearly in one of my seminary classes, we talked about, you know, I think just for the whole hour one day, we said, what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? Dr. Okamoto? Uh, no, this is Dr. Gibbs, in okay. fact. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure probably, I probably just blocked out a class from Dr. Okamoto yeah. because my brain exploded. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but he was saying, you know, yeah, if you confess Jesus as your Lord, you're not only saying like those those like spiritual things that we've already talked about, but you're saying, well, he's the Lord of what I do with my body. Mm-hmm. He's the Lord of my wallet and my bank account. You know, Ooh, that's the, uncomfortable. Yeah, he's he's the Lord of you know how I um, live in my home. You know, he's the, yeah. So he's he's the Lord of of all of those things. So it's like you're. You're confessing that you are under, like, under his authority mm-hmm. in all of those things. Um, so there, there's that sense, but then I mean, we'll, we'll talk. But there's there's other sides of it too. But I think it's just that totality of, um, and maybe this is a little bit law, a little more of a law message. But you don't get to um, opt out of Jesus being your Lord in certain parts of your life, mm-hmm. which I, I think we operate. I think we we do. We operate like the, in those particular areas where we really struggle with sin and, and just where we kind of just blatantly sin, um, I think we almost trick ourselves into thinking, well, Jesus doesn't care as much about this part of my life, mm-hmm. or maybe he can't even see this part. You know, like I'm like away from his security cameras or something. Yeah, caught in the bo- yeah. the camera's looking this way and you're standing right here. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like I found a blind spot. Yeah. Um, but he is... Now, so this is more of the kind of like the warning, Jesus is Lord, but I think we could also can have a conversation about how it's a beautiful, gracious gospel thing that Jesus is also the Lord mm-hmm. of everything, too. Yeah, something I want to touch on that you mentioned when yeah. thinking about how we say, like, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I think that's kind of become like a almost like a running joke because, like, you know, that's kind of like a. Jehovah's Witness knock on the door. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can we, it, but it can kind of lose its oomph, mm-hmm. you know, because I we don't really stop and think about it. But when you mentioned the 
uh, you know, Jesus is responsible for my spiritual life, and that's kind of, mm-hmm. or the spiritual things. Those two things, uh, spiritual and physical life, they have a deep connection. If you, if you really think about this, you know, and this permeates in our teachings, in our in our sermons, you know, how Jesus has changed your your spiritual life affects your physical. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, the the we have nothing that we do before God. Jesus has taken care of our sins. He's given us spiritual life, but now in response we do things with our physical life that show that Jesus is Lord of our life. Mm-hmm. And so those two things, if, like you said, we can trick ourselves to thinking it's not, but those two things are connected and you really can't separate them. Um, it's just, are you are you doing it well or are you not? It's mm-hmm. really the, the real situation. Real yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think... There, we we tend to compartmentalize our lives so much, the spiritual, and then you know there's there's different ways to say you know like the the secular or the sometimes um, I think Luther would use the term like like the mundane and the spiritual. So it's it's like we um, I don't know if we always you know I, I went a little stronger with what I said a few minutes ago like where we might say well Jesus doesn't have a claim over this part of my life because I don't want him to. But I think sometimes we might think, well, this other part of my life doesn't matter to Jesus. I guess, like, maybe right. he doesn't care, you know, what I do at my day job. If, if I'm not a church worker, then, you know, this, this isn't, like, a part of my life as a follower of Jesus. He's not my Lord in this area. Just cause it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's an obvious connection to, like, a... Like a Christian living or something. Yeah, or he doesn't um, care what I watch in my free time or yeah, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it's you know it, we make it kind of convenient you know when we want to to say that or, or, or you know leave him out of certain areas. But um, but yeah, but if, but if we if we confess that Jesus is our Lord, if we're followers of Him, then literally every second of our life. Like you're still you're a follower of Jesus. This goes like to the vocation thing. You know, it's not like your Christian isn't just one of them. You know, like you're you're it, it it's the adjective that describes it, it modifies every other vocation that you have. You're a Christian as well. doctor, a Christian parent, a yeah, Christian spouse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so these are yeah, and these are these are probably things that we're thinking. Oh, I'm I'm convicted by some of this, but then also. Another way to look at it is just it, it opens up and it kind of sanctifies every part of your life, um, and it probably does make you make you reconfigure or you know take a, take another look at okay well how am I following Jesus in this area? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't know, have to be like singing uh, hymns all day or something like that, but it just means you know like in this particular area of my life now how am I following Jesus? How is Jesus my Lord? How Am I accountable to him, you know, in this in this area too? Yeah. Um, so why this this question is interesting, and I I think you know we would all agree that uh, we do. But why this question one forty nine? Why do I confess that Jesus is my Lord? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Does is that just me, or does that kind of strike you as just an interesting question? Um, like, just, I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, and they even have the word my 
Um, yeah. Like, well, italicized, kind <laughs> of. Although the rest of yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it. Um, why is he my lord? Yeah. Yeah. It's like what. <laughs> one way to look at it is kind of what has he done to deserve <laughs> my confession, you know? Um, but I think I think it is it is good though to think about because on one hand Jesus is the Lord whether we confess him or not. Right? Every tongue is going to confess him. Yeah. Paul says in Philippians two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, a day is coming when everyone will everyone will acknowledge whether they did in their life or or not. They, yeah, every everything will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord because He is. That's just like that's who He is. Um, but I think it's it's also I think there is a, a good conversation to be had, or just even a good good reflection to be had of, well, why why am I joyful about confessing Him as my Lord? You know, just run through, yeah, like I don't know. I, I guess. You you could you could take it yeah there's different ways you could take it um, it's almost like a like I'm gonna pinch myself like like why do I confess yeah like is this real like is this is this the Lord Jesus is he real <laughs> like he's he's too good to be true um, and we know we know he is real um, but like but what the Catechism says is you know Jesus has given me eternal life and taken me under his eternal care and protection it's like wow uh, yeah no one else is well I mean. Some other things might be kind of tricking you into thinking that they're offering you eternal life or, or something mm-hmm. like that, but Jesus is the only one uh, who actually has. So I think, you know, it's maybe it is just worth thinking, like, yeah, you know, why, um, like, it's the Holy Spirit's work, but, oh yeah, why do I confess Jesus as my Lord? Maybe it even helps you in your in your witness. It helps you in your, you know. Um, giving a reason for the hope that you have to think about that regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that sometimes, like with with like confirmation age, right? That's the time when your faith, like quote, becomes your own. Mm-hmm. It's not just well, my parents t- they make me get in the car and they drive me to church, mm-hmm. or they they tell me this is what we believe. At that point, it's like well, I I am gonna be you know at around age fourteen in the Lutheran Church, I'm gonna be making a public confession of my faith in Jesus. Why why do I do that? Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean that's kind of the age range when you dig into this catechism. Uh, it, it is worth thinking about because the answer it's it's going to be a weak answer as you get older if it's just well this is just kind of what my family yeah. made me believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can be hollow hollowed out answer not going to be anything neat. Yeah. Well, um, I this next question I want to go to 152 is kind of breaking the rules a little bit because uh, this is not from the creed, the Apostles' Creed, but it's from the Nicene Creed, oh, which is also not the creed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is important, and this is I've often thought about it. Be I think it'd be really beneficial uh, for you know, as Christians, uh, and maybe this will be a sermon series someday, to go through, or, or a Bible study series, whatever, to go through, especially the Nicene Creed. Maybe we'll save the Athanasian Creed. Um, oh, man. That's, uh, well, we won't go down that path. Mm-hmm. It's a long, long boy. Um, 
but uh, there are a lot of things that we say in this creed, one of them being that Jesus is begotten of the Father from uh, before all worlds, you know? And I think how often, I think it's just very easy to say the words without thinking about them. And so when we say that Jesus is begotten of the Father, what does that mean? What does the word begotten mean? I mean, we don't really... <laughs> I think, for those of you who read the yeah. Read Scripture Challenge, you, you might recall the language, so-and-so begot, or... Begat. Begat, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, uh, Abraham begat Isaac, you know, or like that kind of thing where that... But that's really about the extent of what we... Yeah. We use that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a very old word, mm-hmm. um, but it, you know, I, I mean, it basically means like, it, it, you know, you came from this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, so, but, but obviously it's different though, speaking in the relationship between God the Father and God the Son than it is between Abraham and Isaac, you mm-hmm. know, um, because we, we know how human beings beget yeah. <laughs> each other, Um but this is, I, I think, um, kind of to respond to what, man, the color's really coming through yes. now. Um, to, to, to respond to, to this particular thing, sometimes there, there are, the Bible has to use language that human beings can understand and yep. relate to. So it does use this word that would typically more, kind of just mean like birth or something like that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, conceived or, or birthed or you know whatever. Um, we but, about, but the well, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, about that's how, what I was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about God the Father and God, the first person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. is not male or female. Yeah, uh, we can say that Jesus was a male. Yeah, but it, it's kind of but God chooses to reveal Himself to us as our Father, and we talked about how it's kind of like. God's like, you guys want to understand, so let me just dumb it down for you. Yeah, let me tell yeah. you in terms that you would understand. Mm-hmm. Just think of me like a dad, yeah. you know. Like, it, but he's not uh, a man. Yeah. God the Father. Yeah, is he's, not. he's a spirit, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's just. But again, yeah, we don't have the categories mm-hmm. like to to grasp that. Yeah. Um. But but I think uh, the main thing here though is to is to identify Jesus, you know, or is to identify, um, you know, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, as completely separate from the rest of creation. Because mm-hmm. he, he wasn't created. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what that begotten of the Father from eternity. Yeah, which, that, yeah, which, I mean, and, and we, don't, we don't even know. We don't, because Genesis 1, verse 1, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are all existing and they're all active in the act of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we have, you don't see it as much in Genesis 1, but you see it in um, John. Yeah, you see it in John 1. You see it in Colossians 1, I think, like where it says, like, all things were made f- for him and through him, you know? So, like, by whom all things, um, by him all things were made. Um, so you have like the the sun, and then you have the spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis one. So, so we have the th- the three persons of the Trinity existing. So it's like our minds can't 
I, I think it's actually it's, it's way harder for me. I, I can at some in some ways kind of wrap my mind around living in eternity, but I my I shut down when I think about what happened prior to Genesis one verse one. I know, like Genesis zero verse zero. <laughs> like I I can't even think about it. You yeah, know? like there's no beginning to God. He's always how. <laughs> yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I think it's, it's you know, you're talking about, yeah, the Nicene Creed. Uh, why was the Nicene, what was one of the main reasons why the Nicene Creed was written? It was like responding to uh, heresies, false teachings that had sprung up in the church, one of which was, well, Jesus, you know, like the Son of God uh, is just a, a created being. So he's like lesser than God but greater than us, mm-hmm. but he's kind of like in, in his own. And so then there's just people, people trying to figure out who he is. And I think some of it is just, you know, we're trying to put, trying to make it make sense in our minds. And then we, we go down the wrong path. We, we make errors. Yeah. Um, Which I don't envy. I don't envy people of the early church trying to make sense. Oh yeah. And get to where we can have our theology I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like we, there are, you know, I, I'm not guessing. I'm guessing that the uh, the average person is not going to be able to name heretics. But mm-hmm. the, the heretics <laughs> that we learn about in class, tell us your favorite heretics yeah, in, in the comments. Early church, yeah. Um, but like, you know, like they they went down in infamy. Like the church mm-hmm. named a heresy after them. But you know, I have, there's I, I don't remember who which professor this was, but. Maybe it was Okamoto, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, heretics didn't wake up one day and be like, I think I'm going to invent a heresy mm-hmm. today. You know, it comes from a good place. Yeah. But that's just, I think, I bring that up just to say, like, you know, we, we can only understand so much. And, I mean, it's taken more than a thousand years to get to this point of where we feel like we can <laughs> grasp a, a fair amount of it. And then there's still so much that we can't grasp. And it just... Yeah. Humbles you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think that's that's one of the things that, um, yeah, I mean, the catechism says the sun has no beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and begotten of the Father from eternity is just going to make you go crazy. But there are a few passages there. Yeah, they even cite like Hebrews chapter 1 talking about how the sun is greater than the angels, you know, and, and those types of things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that relationship, really, just like ultimately the relationship among the persons of the Trinity, is so fascinating. Oh. And, and we don't. I mean, there are several key passages from the Scriptures where you get you get the Trinity kind of like all named, like in the passage. You get really excited by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you mentioned, you mentioned John being one. I mean, Jesus does. I mean, he talks about the Father, like almost every page, mm-hmm. almost every conversation, he's talking about the Father and the Son, the Father, you know, the Father and I, and, you know, the Father and I are like this, and, you know, like, here's how you and I are like this, and, and then he talks about the Spirit who's going to come um, after he himself is glorified, and, yeah, it kind of lays it out. It gives us somewhat of an understanding there. But, yeah. Which I, I was just going to say, this is going to... It's a slight rabbit trail. Um, but just thinking about, you know, because I don't know if there will be a point directly in this conversation 
throughout however many weeks it takes, but just talking about the relationship of the parts of the Trinity working together, uh, I feel like you guys are going to know him personally. Dr. Okamoto, uh, he, he did a good job of putting us seminarians in our place, humbling us and then building us up. Um, he would always start his classes, like the first class of the semester, and ask a question that, like, you know, like there was no right answer. But I remember one question where he asked and he said, Who is your God? And you know, some people, like once, we, once a few people answered, we're like, okay, he, this is a trick question. So some people are like, well, I'm my own God. Because like, you know, sinful nature, like we, you know, we serve ourselves as though we're God. So people were trying to figure it out. But what he, his, what he was getting at is the God who Jesus calls God is our God. Mm-hmm. And just bring that up because it highlights the relationship of the, the Trinity mm-hmm. uh, you know, because God, uh, Jesus always pointed back to God the Father. He did the work of God the Father. He was sent uh, mm-hmm. by God the Father. And so, talking about the work of, of the three persons, it really is, uh, when, you, when you go through the Gospels especially, and you see how they are of one mission, but yet different objectives of the mission, it, it really mm-hmm. is uh, awesome just to see um, how God interacts with himself mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to say it that way but mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot there's a lot there all right move on to the next question all right and I'm actually going to change the question a little bit you're like oh boy um, 153 it says what does it mean to confess that Jesus is true man I'm going to switch it to say why is it important that Jesus was a true man mm. Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I think that's the gist of what they're yeah. what they're trying to get to too. Yeah, I, I remember I remember these these questions. I mean, I still approach it this way. Like when I'm teaching, if, if I happen to be teaching the this section of confirmation, um, yeah, like why did why did he have to be true man? Why did he have to be true God? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's important. Um, well, there's multiple reasons here in the catechism, but. It's important for, you know, someone to become like one of us and go through, you know, kind of like be be the one human to, on behalf of all the other humans, be righteous and then give us all the credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then also, I mean, if he was only God, he couldn't have died. Yeah. yeah. And and God, when, when you talk about why Jesus had to be God and why he had to be man, I just, I, I love talking about that. Yeah, we recently, it was within the last month or two that we went through that in religion. Mm-hmm. And it just, it highlights something that we don't talk about naturally a ton is that, you know, God is a God, a just God. And so like, he needed. We needed somebody who could do it for us, who could be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, God wouldn't be a just God if He just ignored our sins, or you know, was like, "Well, I'll overlook them this time." Or you, mm-hmm. you know, He wouldn't be a just God. And so, that you know, Jesus had to. Otherwise, either we're not forgiven of our sins, or God isn't a just God. And then mm-hmm. it starts to unravel. If God's not just, then is He? good is you know yeah. all these things he's not who he is and so 
when you when you really get down and think about those reasons, it just I, I think it just <laughs> makes God even that more amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, how he he worked in the confines of like his goodness and and sin, though it was not like part of his plan, he found a way through it instead of just starting over. And you know, just it just mm-hmm. highlights some awesome things about God, some characteristics that yeah uh, we just we know they are there, but we don't talk about them as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah, yeah, you can get you can fixate on the I guess the wrong details being like, well. Yeah, well, I mean, wh- why did God have to do it that way, or something? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, th- that's not that really shouldn't be our takeaway. That, yeah. that shouldn't be the things that we're that we're fixating on. It should be, yeah, like just marveling at the fact that, like, really, I mean, God, I, I don't, I feel like he he did this all in the most difficult way possible for himself. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, like he had to actually come and and die a shameful death like it's like he he had to come and experience the consequences of sin that you know he wasn't at fault for sin like human beings were at fault for bringing sin into the world and um, and he was like well I'm I'm gonna come and go through all of that yeah I mean mm-hmm. it, 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 he could have done it in a different way but you're right like yeah he's he's maintaining kind of, I guess, like the system that he <laughs> that yeah. he built into the world, yeah. Um, and it just, I just, I think that, going back to what, you know, like, why why is it that I confess Jesus as my Lord? Well, it, it certainly, it, it makes me marvel all the more. It makes me love him all the more. It makes me praise him. It makes me grateful all the more that he did all of that. Because um, it would have been easier to just, I don't know, be like, well, this was a fun experiment creating these humans, and, you know, I even gave them a second chance after the flood, and ah, yeah. let's just, let's just go pilot on them. Let's just do something different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think, I don't know, I, I don't want to step on the toes of more questions, but I think there is also just such a such a depth of things to reflect on you're just like praying to Jesus knowing that he was a true man I mean Hebrews there are like two different passages in Hebrews I think it's Hebrews 2 I know 4 for sure I think it might be Hebrews 2 also uh, but it's talking about like you know how he is our high priest and he's gone through all the same things he's been tempted in every way just like us um you know, he yet he was without sin. So, I guess I take comfort in the fact, knowing that my Lord, like, there's nothing that I could possibly go through in this life that he, you know, he's not intimately familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was, I was, I did say that to somebody a few months back, and then they said, they actually, take it the opposite way. Like, I feel um, less. Like, like I want to pray about those things less because I know he went through them and was perfect. <laughs> I was like, oh, I haven't thought about it from that angle. You know, it's like, you're like ashamed because like, well, Jesus, you were able to do this. So yeah. I don't know if I should tell you about what I'm struggling with because you're just going to be like, well, it wasn't that hard, you know. <laughs> but that, and then the gospel comes out. He does, the gospel is not, uh, well, I did it, so try harder. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. 
makes you love and worship him even more. Yeah, it's I did it, so trust in me. Yeah, try, but you know, but yeah. rest in my in my grace. Take right? my yoke upon you. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's carrying the weight of this burden. You're just coming along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. You're riding my coattails into heaven. Yep. <laughs> Nipping at my sandals. <clears throat> Um, so this kind of, this question, next question goes with it, but what does it mean to confess that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, the first question was why was it why is it important that Jesus was and is human, and then why is it important that he is also God? I think you know we talked about the, the being able to relate to him and uh, having a, somebody who can do it on our behalf mm-hmm. for the man side. So. Uh, could could God have just sent somebody who was fully man? Did he did he need to do it this way? Yeah, I mean, yeah, those, <laughs> those are the things. I'm sure he could have done it differently. Yeah, it's <laughs> a trick question. To, but um, yeah, there's there's a couple of things that are coming to my mind in response to this. You know, one is uh, Genesis chapter 12. He's well, Genesis chapter three. He promises in the garden, but then Genesis chapter 12, he uses this language of you know like through the seed. You know, I'm going to bless all peoples, you know, mm-hmm. through this, like through an actual genealogical line through human beings all the way through um, and through like, well, the natural way, I guess, of, of childbirth. Jesus is going to just come into that. It's, it's not going to be exactly the same because it's not, um, it wasn't two human beings that mm-hmm. created Jesus, which that's the second point I was going to make that is is crucial because um, then Jesus, he becomes one of us, but he's not he's not part of this line of inherited sin. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone who is conceived and born of two human beings inherits the original sin from Adam and Eve. So that, so Jesus is... Um, he becomes one of us, you know, exactly. He becomes exactly a human being, um, but without sin. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, so yeah, being conceived by the Holy Spirit takes care of that issue. You know, if if they, uh, you know, if there was some question about this, and um, Mary and Joseph and Jesus went on the Maury Povich show or something, and like. You know, they were like, "No, you are the father, Joseph." Then we would be like, "Oh no, <laughs> he he got Joseph's sin." Yeah. So we're gonna gonna need to send another person to be our savior. <laughs> Maury Povich. So, <laughs> the win. Yeah, I don't know. I hope. Yeah, I think at least some of our viewers will <laughs> so will know who that is. Um, probably all of them, but younger people <coughs> probably will not. Yeah, and then. You can keep it that way. <laughs> Is that show still on? <laughs> I'm sure <that laughs> people eat up that <laughs> trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any if there's anything else, but it's just another, just making sure that people know that Jesus indeed was a human being. Um, I guess you know, building a little bit on from the first article too. You know, there there were uh, some more heresies, false teachings that came in, um, saying that well, God's creation isn't good, mm. and so you know that's like well, Jesus couldn't have been a true man because our flesh is evil. 
you know, just like the fact that we have like like our whole goal of um, our whole goal is to get out of this world and get out of this you know prison of sinful flesh and depart and live forever as a soul or something. Um, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you know our our flesh is going to be redeemed and restored on the last day. You know, we are going to, we're going to have a body. Mm-hmm. Um, God's creation was perfect. It, it, it has been broken. It's been afflicted by sin, but it, it wasn't inherently evil like mm-hmm. some religious uh, systems will, will have you believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is just another confession that Jesus did come in, you know, and, and so Jesus, so Jesus' body is like the only, it's like the only thing in creation yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, Still, kind of like like a like a you know it, it could have been in the Garden of Eden, I guess you mm-hmm. know pristine like, <laughs> condition. Yeah, yeah. It's like the only it's the only part of creation that has not been affected by sin. Um, although then you would say that at some point it does get affected because he takes the yeah. sin. He takes like he he sucks all the sin of the world yeah. into his own yeah. flesh and yeah. it left a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think but that, that's that's another subplot going on too is just this confession that Jesus willingly enters into God's creation you know so you can't say that our whole goal is to escape it if God himself right. is entering into it yeah because yeah. otherwise you know I, I think some people would say well I, I mean there's there's the one heresy that says well Jesus wasn't really a human being he just seemed to be a human it was like a magic trick the whole time <laughs> you know like an illusion um and so when he dies, you know, is there some trick going on? And like, right. it seems like there's a dead body there, and like he like body swapped with some, you know, this pulls is, up a dead body from the grave. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are like these are like some of the things that get talked about in seminary classes. You know, my favorite is the uh, Apollinarius, which I just think about Apollo spaceship, or, oh, you know, yeah. space, where Jesus came on uh, and possessed somebody, like wore human flesh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. really great stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah, this, these are these are people within the first few centuries after Jesus came, trying to do every kind of mental gymnastic to um, because because they they find it in some way offensive that the Son of God would take on this sinful human flesh, um, and, and then this is that you know if, if you're curious, it's uh, a, a bigger, a larger scale false religion called Gnosticism and the whole point is you know you're trying to gain the secret knowledge to escape the sinful world and kind of ascend to a higher plane of mm-hmm. spiritual being um, it's, still, it's still around today it just doesn't go by that name yeah, Satan, Satan has gotten a little more yeah. uh, sneaky about how those, those teachings mm-hmm. come in um, but, they're, but they show up you know just with uh, disregard for our body. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we do talk about this sometimes. Like, oh, we just got to get out of this veil of tears. You know, this uh, this body is just like a, what do people say? Like a like a um, like a flesh jacket or something. Yeah. But but we'll use like very derogatory terms to refer to God's God's good but broken creation. Mm-hmm. And it does. I mean, this goes back to the first article conversation. It it what your assumptions are about God's creation. Like it, it then affects like all of your theology. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it really matters what you think about God's creation and what you think God 
did to enter into it. Yeah, and something that I'm, maybe you are picking up on this too, maybe you're thinking, wait a second, I thought we were just talking about the second article of Creed, isn't that about Jesus? And yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about one person of the Trinity without talking about the others. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit, sometimes we don't talk about as much, but the Holy Spirit is like a, a background, like, don't look at me, look at Jesus, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Well, he's kind of been, uh, you, you could say he's kind of been running the show for 2,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to the third article in like, you know, two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to take us to one, the last question I want to take us to is 161. And the question is, what two natures are united in one, in the one person of Jesus Christ? And where I kind of want to take this is um, talking about just a little bit, not going seminary class level depth on it, but mm-hmm. how we think about a few things. One, Jesus. Was he half man, half God? Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of times, you know, you want to know... I think in terms of statistics, so like, okay, yeah. what percentage are we talking about? Like, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times, what's your what's your pain on a scale of 1 to 10 and measuring, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that's helpful to think about. But then also talking about how God died on the cross and, and how that happened. If, mm-hmm. if, how does God die? Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see if something else comes from there. But what percentage is... Uh, is Jesus God and man? I, I always have this on, on like if I if I do you know a, a test in confirmation on like the second article of the creed, I, I'll say, yeah, kind of like what the same question, and I always expect, and and some people do like they'll say, well, it must be fifty percent God and fifty percent man, mm-hmm. like that makes sense, right? Um, but the but the real answer is he's a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. It's like, you know, yeah. How how is it possible? It's supposed to add to a hundred, right? But no, it's it's he's he's fully God. He's fully man. Yeah. It's not like well, his right hand is divine and his left hand is yeah. you know is human and um you know what about his ear? You know, um, <laughs> this is my then, good ear. Yeah, speaking. yeah, yeah. Then then you get then you get into silly stuff, but. Um, but yeah, but you were kind of going with the, the, you know, did God die on the cross? I remember, because I'm a weird person, like I still remember certain answers that I got wrong on tests. And it was it was in a seminary class where I wrote, I wrote something like in like a short answer or essay thing about like, well, you know, like the human nature of Jesus died on the cross, but the divine nature did not die, you know, because God cannot die, blah, 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 something something like that. Um, and I remember, like, I got marked down for that, and, and basically the, the answer was, or the, 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 the correction was, we don't talk about the divine nature or the human nature of Jesus in separate ways. We just say Jesus. Yep. Like, Jesus died on the cross. Because that's when you start getting all these heresies is when you're like, well, how does the divine nature and the human nature interact with with each mm-hmm. other? You know, like, did Jesus, like, half die on the cross? You know, what what happens? We just say Jesus died because that's at face value what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't totally know how it exactly worked. Yeah, yeah. the best way I've, I've heard a professor say it is he died according to his human nature, 
which mm-hmm. okay. I I mean, it, see, I feel like that that's the kind of thing though that I would have gotten marked down for. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we had different professors. Yeah. Maybe one of ours is a heretic, <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a language problem. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is just there. It's language problems. We we don't have the right words, and then mm-hmm. that's why almost any. It's like it's like with analogies too. Like any type of analogy you're going to use to explain the Trinity is going to break down at some point. Yes. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, even the Apple one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And this, you know, this. Yeah. It's good to wrestle with these things, but it also, yeah, you can only, you, you do have to realize, and the dangerous thing is is when you do get too close to it being a heresy, mm-hmm. but realize that we are limited because understanding God is just outside of what is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it just, we do our best to best understand what we can. Mm-hmm. But then we don't push it too far, yeah. which it's a tough balance. Like oh, yeah. it really is. And yeah. um, I know I've been I've been writing sermons for like three or four years now, and it's only been within the past year that I've not overthought every little thing because you know, like, what if I say this? Does it imply this? Mm-hmm. Well, then I got to make another comment, you know. And so, yeah. like, we spend we spend time and well worth it to try to stay in bounds but it it is one of those things when we when we confess Jesus as our lord mm-hmm. it's fair to want to understand as much as we can yeah but also then it's we're hit with the realization that mm-hmm. we can't understand everything yeah 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 i know i i do think i think when you get to, into this level of conversation i'm sure it's it's totally fair if some of you that are Participating in this study today are thinking the same thing like, oh, come on, guys, we can't know that. Why are you blathering on about that? You know, point taken. But I think other people, they do, they, yeah, there is a kind of a, a level of curiosity or just genuine interest in, yeah, well, Jesus is my Lord. I, I do want to seek to learn as much about him as I can. Um, and so th- this, is, this is sort of like the conversation here. Um, it gets into a, a branch of theology called systematic theology. And you either, I feel like if you're a math and science person, you tend to really, really love those, th- that type of theology. Um, and if you're not, if those aren't your strong points, then you're, you're probably just kind of like, I believe in Jesus. I don't need to know exactly like how he died or, <laughs> you know, how he became a human or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's, it's the same. Like there, there are certain hobbies that I have or certain interests that I have that I'll just, I'll read as much information about as possible, like to the nth degree and try to learn more about it, you know, and, um, you know, or like, like I'll, I'll listen to a podcast about like, well, what type of defense did the Cincinnati Bengals play in the second half of the of the game a couple weeks ago to like beat the Chiefs? You know, oh, that's interesting. Like how they did this and they mm-hmm. did this to try to trip them up. And it's like you know you can like that, <laughs> you know, or you can just be like, ah, I'm I'm just not going to go into that level of depth. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I think, like we're saying, it was in the early church there was enough of a misunderstanding of who Jesus was that we tr- that there was a, a big effort made to dig through the entire Bible to see, well, what can we say? What can we know about Jesus 
because if you go off just a little bit, Satan will run with it, oh, yeah. and he'll take those heresies, and then that's that's why we have a lot of division in Christianity today too. Is just those little things that become big things, and um, so so there are yeah, and, and Jesus may scold us in eternity, like yeah, you guys really did talk about my you know <laughs> divine and human nature is a little too much for spend <laughs> too much time for, on the free for anyone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We should do that sometime. <laughs> I got flames on about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we are. Um, as we get deeper into the the creed, we'll we'll get more into the yeah. What we sometimes we say like the person and the work of Jesus. So kind of knowing this is this today is more about the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. and then we'll get more into well, what what was the work? This is like the centrality of our faith too. You know, like, mm-hmm. again, yeah. Like why why do we confess Jesus? Well, what what did he do? What did he come to do? So we'll get more into into that type of stuff. In future weeks. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we'll put a put a pin in it for now. If you are with us and your brain doesn't hurt, consider going to the seminary. Um, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, uh, if you're if you sat through this, uh, good for you because this is not uh, this is not the stuff that we're going to necessarily talk about from the pulpit. It is mm-hmm. deeper stuff, and so. Uh, there's certainly a place to wrestle with the deeper stuff, and so uh, it's great to do that from time to time. And so we appreciate you being here with us. And we'll just throw this out too—a reminder. If you have any questions, uh, w- what is the question email? Yeah, we have the email. It's called Ask the Pastor um, at stpaulwestlake.org. Ask the Pastor, and um, yeah, we. We can respond to those things. Sometimes, I mean, we've we've responded just directly via email uh, in the past. But yeah, if we get get a question, like a follow up question or something, we could take the first little bit of time on one of these studies to respond to it too. Yeah, yeah. I always like to say um, respond rather than answer. Oh yeah, because sometimes we may not like have the actual answer, but we we might have a response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Important distinction. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, hope to see you in worship this weekend.